0: Ooh, hello Ducky. Ooh, hello Ducky to you. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we're so posh aren't we now. Ooh. We've been doing this for a while and we're always posh now aren't we. Oh we are. We've really learnt how to do a podcast properly with a proper voice. We have and I think you know this posh way of us communicating is, is really good isn't it and it's marvellous. Well, and also it helps the the listeners understand what we're
1: saying, rather than the Northern and Midlands accents, which they found very difficult to understand. <laughs> <laughs> Long, hot days in the shade of some big
0: old tree Making daisy chains and watching all the honeybees How are you, my dog? <laughs> I'm all right, <laughs> how are you? Yeah, This this is where the subtitles appear.
1: I'm sweating cobs here, are you (laughs) duck? Oh, ecky thump, I'm not. I'm nice and
0: cool. It's like a cool larder in here. (laughs) Oh, lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Well, I'm actually, I've just got back from work at the community garden and I'm just sitting on my bed looking out to the garden. So what is the temperature like in London at the moment? I think it's about 100 degrees uh, Celsius, boiling part. Oh, it's boiling. <laughs> is it? Is it really? The only way to cool down is by sitting on a bed of ice. Is that what you're on? I wish I was. <laughs> oh, there's your buzzer. What's that going off for?
1: Oh, let me just check yes. if it is my buzzer. Hold on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds like she's wiggling her pans. Hiya. Was it your well, buzzer? Uh, well, uh, yeah, but it only did it just do one little ring? yeah oh it sounded like a doorbell what
1: are you actually making i'm making your squash and tahini dish with the onions but i didn't have two red onions so i've mixed it with a an ordinary onion and a red onion is that all right is that allowed
0: oh yeah it's supposed to be with a normal onion oh is it i thought it was a red onion
1: no oh well i've done it with a mixture of red and white can you do that
0: of course you can do anything you like can't you? you could even leave the onion out if you didn't have one yeah no no i like the onion bit anyway yeah. so that's that so sorry to interrupt i don't mind i like to think of you eating something mm. that i inspired you to eat i mm, love yes. that recipe with the tahiti dressing though it's so nice isn't it oh, the gorgeous
1: gorgeous oh it's lovely yeah well, it's much cooler in
0: Brighton. Right. It's it's
1: sort of calmed down a little bit
0: in Brighton. Oh, look at you. Well, when mm. I left the garden today, there was a lady there and she was sitting on a bench and she had two, like, ice packs that, you know, you put in your sandwich tin or whatever. Mm. And she had them under her feet and she was sitting on a bench.
1: Don't you say she had them strapped to her ears? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, she had them under her feet. And I said, Oh, that's very good. And she said, Oh, yeah, it's so good because you know, it cools your whole body. And I was like, oh, that's very good. Oh. <laughs> it was quite funny. She sat there with her two ice packs. And that was at the community garden? Yeah. Hmm. Have you not been up to the allotment today? Well, no, because I've been working today. So I'm going to go after I've spoken to you because it really is a race against the sun, really, at the moment with everything. I mean... Today on the community garden, you know, everything was so parched. Unless things get watered, how the hell are they going to survive? So do you have to go up every night to water? Well, I think through this period of real intense heat, I don't really know what else I could do. I mean, normally I wouldn't be watering every single day. But Mm. for the polytunnel, I just think otherwise everything's just going to be cooked. So what are you eating at the moment from the allotment? Well, we're eating dried everything's dried <laughs> part <parched. laughs> dried radishes dried radishes followed by shriveled up courgettes followed by <laughs> shrunken beans <laughs> oh. and roasted potatoes well at least you don't have to bother in them then <laughs> no, it's true what about well, corn yeah. have you got any corn on the cob oh yeah we've got some corn on the cob it's not ready yet hopefully next time you come that'll be ready Oh, nice. Lovely. I know. Lovely. But we've had lots of... um, This week, it's been the week of stuffed courgette flowers. (gasps) What have you been stuffing them with? Oh, you know, just herbs and ricotta. Yes. Um, So, so lovely. But yesterday, I even got some, like, baby sage leaves. And I sort of, like, got the ricotta with the herbs and some, you know, pepper and stuff. And then I pack that onto the sage leaf and i dip that in in flour and egg and flour and, and fried it and it was so nice oh lovely oh well, gorgeous no, it was really good oh i can't wait to eat there again well you will be coming to my allotment cafe soon enough dear i hope so I've noticed I'm just sitting on my bed, as I said, because I've just got back and it's so hot. But, you know, I'm really happy with all my sort of rewilding of my garden. I've got so many different flowers and I've had so many different like butterflies and bees. And at night time, when I go out to water, I've never seen so many different moths. Moths? Moths, lovely moths. I mean, I've never notice moths in the same way as I'm noticing them now and I'm sure it's just because the garden's packed with all different things you know and it sort of adds to the biodiversity which you know is a good thing here because of course in the news today there's all this stuff about biodiversity is a real threat at this point so
1: what what because I thought that things were sort of uh, people were much more aware of biodiversity and that you yeah. know people were kind of finding solutions for that but in the news it's really quite depressing news is it Read that
0: yeah I mean they've said that you know the Fenlands um, you know the biodiversity in the Fenlands for instance is totally you know in de- in real danger and what happened there was that in the 18th and 19th century they drained all these marshlands for farming and to build houses and then you know what they realized that this was amazing farmland and then they started to to take the peat up and the whole biodiversity of that place changed and that was really rich biodiverse land yes and you know there's a lot of schemes there now trying to to bring this back but it it is a slow process and people have really got to get on board so they could grow their crops with with, with better soil yeah all these years later we're suffering the consequences of all these sort of things of what humans have done and it's hard isn't it to sort of get back but there's lots of people that are trying to make things better.
1: What can we do? What can we do in our own little way then? Just keep planting for bees and planting for wildlife? Is that what we can do in our own small way?
0: Well, we can help our own uh, environment can't we by of course we can start with our gardens or our balcony and making sure that we've got a mixture of all different things mm. i mean wouldn't it be wonderful if we could create our own marshlands and our own back garden but i think that's probably a bit too tough unless you've got a pond yeah but um you could go and support your local wetlands mm. you know find out who's who's developing biodiverse areas locally to you and support them, visit them, see what they're doing, spread the word. Yes. Uh, The more education we get about this, the more we understand biodiversity and the goodness of soil and soil health, then the more systems we can support in nature. Thinking about biodiversity, again, in your own back garden. You know, I was talking to a lady yesterday when I was out with the dog and she said, oh, yeah, my garden is just AstroTurf. You know, it's really mm. good so she can clean up a go- dog poo. And mm. that might be easy for her. But, you mm. know, what a missed opportunity. You think, well, yeah, a dog might tear up the garden. But even somewhere in that garden, she could have a little bit of, maybe be a raised bed or a few containers with something, you know. I just think we're living in a world, aren't we, where we we just think we've got to make life easy for ourselves, and so then the consequences of making life easy for ourselves is that we're, you know, we've got monoculture and we're lacking in biodiversity. In variety, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Esther. Yes. You know, I'm pleased that I've managed to put a green roof on my shed, and I know that's not easy for everybody. But even if you've got a small little shed, you could get an old drain and put a few bits of gravel in it and some drainage. And, you know, you could you could plant something in it. Because I tell you what, is it's full of insects up there. Is it? Is yes. It? I went up to my neighbours and I could see so many. I mean, I can't see much of it. Because obviously I'm not looking down at him. I'm looking. I can just see the edge, but it's just full of insects, all on the little succulent plants. And it's, you know, it's it's like a little it's a little field of plants. How wonderful. Yes, I went to um, Whittering at the weekend
1: to um, yeah. somebody, to a friend's house, and they had the most beautiful house. It was like an idyll, it was just so gorgeous. And they had an absolutely beautiful garden overlooking a cornfield. Oh, Ooh. gosh, it was just like a film. And they had lots and lots of lavender. They are beautiful plants, actually. Their garden was beautifully planted, but lots of lavender, lots of rosemary. But the amount of bees on the lavender was just amazing. I mean, it really, you know, white and and blue lavender. And it just was full of wild bees. And then they they also had an insect hotel. But that's another thing that you could do, couldn't you, to help?
0: We could do something like we could start a revolution. (laughs) 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 We could line Oxford Street, couldn't we, with a meadow. We could overnight, we could lay a meadow out there and we could get lots of wild animals. And well, You see, that's what Joanna animals. Lumley wanted to do,
1: didn't she, with her bridge, with her natural bridge. That's what she wanted to do, is to make people a bit more aware of nature and that they could be sitting in nature on that lovely bridge.
0: It's such a shame, isn't it? At the weekend, I went to this hotel that I was working at. I was doing, like, a little bee course um, at this hotel called St. Ermin's. Oh, in, where's that? Um, St. James's, it's by St. James's Park. Mm-hmm. And um, I, the London beekeeper, you know, who I work for, he got me the job. And so yeah. I, I'm doing a few workshops, doing, like, an introduction to beekeeping. Oh, and they've got a lovely garden up there. You know, mm-hmm. is it nice to know that some places in central london are really doing these lovely gardens what was great about it is it here's us you know we've been talking a lot about you know there's too many bees in central london and they've not Mm. got enough forage and all that but anyway i opened these hives on this rooftop they had a lovely garden with lots of planting and a wonderful bee hotel and there was loads of honey in there was there? Yes. That's fantastic. So that's working. I know. And I just thought to myself, gosh, we're always talking about, you know, all beehives need an acre of forage per hive. And I really did think to myself, I'm going to go up to this hive and there won't be any honey in it. But I was mm. wrong. It was full of honey. In fact, there was four supers of honey on it. Wow. Maybe they just put them there to show off. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they did. We've got to impress maybe honey.
1: Let's get down yeah. and get some gales honey from Tesco
0: and just fill yeah. the hive with gales.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe it was. Maybe they just
0: sat there injecting it into the cells that they've put up all night, squeeze it with a hypodermic <laughs> needle. <laughs> just to not let Esther down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they've saved all the wax cappings from last year and they'd like <laughs> stuck them down on top of the wicks the on <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe, mm. but I don't think it was it was no, it was it was real and it was really positive.
1: Well, that is very good. So,
0: actually, uh, urban beekeeping isn't
1: failing, then, is
0: it? Yeah, in this Mm. particular spot, it was doing everything was good. It was really encouraging. But of course, that's encouraging for honeybees, but it's not encouraging for biodiversity of bees, probably, because it's the bumblebees and the solitary bees that we need to be looking after, isn't it? But in my garden, there's loads. But it'd be be great if it was the story all over, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would
1: just going to this friends and seeing all these lavender bushes. You know, mm. lavender's lovely to have around anyway, isn't it? And kind of eat, quite easy to grow. So mm. even if you only had a few pots, you know, mm. sort of on a balcony, if they were, you know, just a few pots of lavender would would help enormously, wouldn't they?
0: Oh, God, a few pots of anything would, would help, wouldn't it? Mm. And we've been talking to the lovely Arthur Parkinson, who's very into container gardening, and we're hoping to get him on the show soon. <laughs> He's a gardener who does big lots of things in pots and that's what he is, a container gardener. Because there's a skill in that. Exactly,
1: because I want to get some pots on my balcony, some quite sturdy pots, because when the winds whip up, I don't want my pots flying off the balcony <laughs> like the Wizard of Oz. No. So, uh, there'd have to be some, some real sturdy ones, but I really do want to get something going on my balconies because, you know, they're nice sun traps up there. It would be good if we got him here to tell us how to do it. Really mm. good. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Also, maybe I could get Jason from uh, my communal garden to come and give me some advice. You know, kind of just reaching out to people for help, really. But also, it would be lovely to think of different types of containers, like you say, mm. uh, unusual types of containers, rather than just pots.
0: Why don't? Why are you thinking about it? Because obviously, you know, you want all the flowers now, but maybe it's not the right time, really, this time of year, to just sort of buy in your containers and fill them up because it'll be good to sort of get prepared and think about it so Mm. what could be nice is why don't you set yourself a little project of finding the right containers that are really unusual or you know like some old tin containers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. something that you feel that's quite you like the containers first yeah brilliant what a good idea and then when it comes to the end of the season you could start to like think about planting some bulbs, setting some seeds and doing stuff slowly. So then you build on it and then you you start to get your show in the spring. Very good idea. Hmm. Well done, Essie. How have you been anyway? We're talking about all these things. How have you been? Um, when I've had COVID for the second
1: time, it was mm. exactly a year, actually, since I had it last. And um, I wasn't as poorly as I was last time. I just had a bit of a, um, I sneezed quite a bit and just felt a bit washed out, but not, not really poorly. And managed mm. to sort of carry on, you know, sort of doing various things. So, yeah, it was all right, actually. Yeah, and my usual cycling and swimming in the sea, the sea has been Absolutely glorious! It's been like the last few days have been like a mill pond, oh um, my God. just just idyllic, really, really gorgeous. You know, it's kind of it has a light about it here, and it's it's a bit like Venice, you know. It has a, I think because all the buildings are quite light, it mm. bounces off a bit like St Ives, really. Um, yeah. But you know, it has that sort of just a real lovely lightness about it, and on the you know early in the morning on the water, it, it is just glorious. Oh, my God. Are oh, you just really enjoying being there? Yeah, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying being in the sea in the summer, just to have that sea there and to be able to get in it. I, I mean, I just feel like I'm on holiday all the time, which means, <laughs> you know, I feel like an old retirement person
0: who's just on holiday, who's retired to the seaside. You've been poorly, but how would you like to see your routine? What would it be if it if it were, could be perfect?
1: Uh, don't really know. I mean, maybe in the winter I might, you know, sort of tr- try and get myself a voluntary job.
0: You said you were going to start doing mowing people's lawns because you've got your <laughs> lawnmower. <laughs> Didn't mm. you? Yeah. Yes, I mean, that, that sort of means getting in the car
1: and going to various people's houses. I've gone off that idea. Mm. I mean, I, ideally I'd like to, you know, work in the table tennis club. That would be the ideal. Ooh. I don't mean coaching people, but I could be the meet and greeter. I'm sure they don't need a meet and greeter, but I could be (laughs) that.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like
1: me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: You know, I've got a friend who lives in Portugal called mm. Pedro, and he's a ping-pong champion. Is he? I think you should meet him. He's like the best chef you've ever met. <gasps> and Is he he's- single? He's single. and is he? he's Yeah, he is actually, yeah. He seems perfect for me. He lives in the Algarve and when he was young, he came to London and I was so friendly with him. I love Pedro. And then he went back to the Algarve and he had a girlfriend, but he's gorgeous and he... He just plays ping-pong ball all the time. Ping-pong ball? (laughs) Ping-pong. He plays (laughs) ping-pong. He plays table tennis. And I'm sure he's going to be, like, in the Olympic team or something like that, my friend was telling me. How old is he? So, he's... um, 75. (laughs) No, he's 48. Oh, I could go for a young one. He's ever so nice and he's
1: ever such a good cook. Oh, he sounds ideal. Do you think he'd fancy me? Absolutely, yeah. Would he? Who wouldn't? (laughs) Can we get him over? No, or maybe we should go... (laughs) Oh, yes, let's do that. Let's go on a little holiday and and meet him, and I'll play ping-pong with him all day, and then he can cook for us in the
0: evening. He's got a good sense of humour as well. Maybe it's Pedro, and he lives by the sea. Oh, perfect. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Pedro, our new date. Um, but My, my just... new date? Your you've new got... date? Yes, you've got a man. I know, yeah, <laughs> I have. But he can't cook. Not as good as Pedro anyway. He can make pizzas, but... Ooh. But that's what I want. I want a chef and a ping-pong expert. He sounds ideal. And he's got hair. So jet black, his hair is nearly blue. Really? I've never seen anybody with such jet black hair. Has he got a good head of hair? Oh, yeah, he's got hair... He's not bald. Is he good looking? He's he's absolutely gorgeous. He's got lovely lips as well. He's got lovely big lips. He's probably in demand. (laughs) (laughs) Jane, I've got some hot news off the press. Gloria has got a first in her history (gasps) degree. Oh, well done, Gloria. I know. That's fantastic. So I felt so clever, and I remember mm-hmm. when she was born, it was quite difficult, and there was a vaginal tear. Ooh. But I thought to myself, it was. She's going to get a first. It doesn't matter. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fantastic! She must be absolutely delighted. I know, and she got a special dean's honor as well. When does her graduation happen? So it's happening next week. So I'm going up <gasps> to. Yeah, Ooh, how are you going to celebrate? I've got a yeah. bottle of champagne that I'm going to take up. Yeah. Well, I've bought two side plates because, you know, she likes cooking and mm. one's got an apple on and one's got a strawberry on. So I hope that she'll like that for a little gift. Oh, I'm lovely. That's yeah. so nice, I say. I know, and yeah, and the other news is that on the day after, I'm gonna be we're going to be doing a read through at Liverpool Everyman of the musical, you know, that we've been working on. Oh, brilliant! So um, I did a bit of research um, yesterday because in this musical, I'm trying to think of some solutions for the musical. So Mm. I um, contacted an old friend of mine who does something called Constellation Therapy. Mm. Have you ever heard of it? Well, I think I do know it. Is it it
1: when you sort of set up a family so people enact your family for you? Yeah, they
0: can. Yeah, interesting. And she does it with horses. Oh. So the horses act out the members of your family or your friends or whoever you're doing it with. The horses act out. (laughs) The horses act out the the absent members of the family who you want to work things out with. How do they do that? Well... <laughs> do they go... <whistles> yeah, I think they do. <laughs> Anyway, she's brilliant, this woman, and she's called Siobhan Wolfson, and she's near you. She's down your way. Oh. And I was thinking about why don't you go and do a session with her to find out what it's like. With the horses? Yeah. So,
1: but I I can't understand, it. you know, are are the horses trained in acting and acting people's families?
0: Well, they're all (laughs) trained in constellation therapy, so they've obviously been to university and done (laughs) some sort of psychology degree. (laughs) um and then they work together as a, a sort of therapy team with Siobhan. <laughs> and you you go there and you work things out with them with the horses yeah wow anyway so i can't do cuz i've um she does zoom things as well i'm not doing it with the horses on sunday i'm just i'm going to be doing it with her and i'm using the characters in the play to sort of work a problem out that I've got in one of the scenes. Mm. And um, yeah. so I thought, but anyway, she did say to me, why don't you come and if you want to explore something in your life or whatever, you could come down and do a Constellation therapy session with the horses. And I thought, yeah. <gasps> oh, wait, how exciting. That's a very exciting I know. thing. I you know. do You do do
1: lots of, you do are open to lots of things, Essie.
0: Well, I'm interested in stuff, mm. you know.
1: Well, I like the idea of the constellation. I mean, I, I don't, I've never heard about it with horses before, but I just like the idea that, you know, so you get people to sort of enact your whole family, to re- represent mm. your whole family, and that person whose family it is, you can actually see. And that it's so amazing, isn't it, that somebody, you know, not an actor, can just absorb you know what your parents like what your brothers like your sisters like and just make it you know there's a clarity isn't there obviously this clarity comes when you people can see the dynamic of the family
0: played out maybe i could start doing it with my bees yes line a few of them up hmm
1: No, we've not touched on the precious bees, well, apart from the forage. So how are your lovely bees, Essa?
0: Ooh, well, they're doing very nicely. To be honest, I'm just letting them get on with it now because they're all collecting so much. They're really busy. The ones in the garden are just super busy. And Mm -hmm. um, I've noticed there was um, a lot of drones flying around, um, so Mm -hmm. I think... They've obviously been busy mating somewhere or trying to mate, maybe up at Ali Palais. Yeah, they're just they're they're just they're busy and when I opened the hive, they're doing good. You know, they're all very healthy, they're all strong colonies, everything's mm-hmm. going well. So I'm really pleased. And the two hives up at the allotment same. Yeah. So, actually, up at the allotment, there's the two hives that were, you know, the wood greeners and the little one in the box and the other colony, all brilliant.
1: And what about Linz? Any more activity from Linz?
0: Yeah, no more swarms. Everything's settled down and just, you know, yeah, busy. I mean, the lime tree flow is coming to an end now, so... I think things in the next week or two, especially with the dry weather, will calm down a bit. Well, I've got a feeling that the bees are going to need all the honey that they've made, actually, because what? I've, yeah, I know, there'll be a bit for you. Don't worry. But what, even the-, the ones
1: in the garden. They've made law. Surely they can spare a bit for me. Well,
0: maybe a teaspoon, but no. I'm—I oh, want a good jar. I'm thinking <laughs> that this, this, um, you know, this very hot and dry weather mm. is going to mean that, of course, the nectar would be very low and down in the plants. So, good Mm. job that they've really had a good old flow. I mean, good job they've made loads of honey because, I mean, if you're a beekeeper who took all your honey off now, I think you're going to be be in trouble. I think so. That's my feeling.
1: Mm. So, that's disappointing for me. (laughs) Well,
0: don't worry. (laughs) You know, I'll definitely steal quite a nice big spoonful from them and hopefully they won't call the police and it'll all work out fine. Mm.
1: No, so
0: I say. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, because mm, I'm running low on honey. I was
0: relying on you. Oh well, don't worry. You'll get your honey. Mm. Everyone keeps ask. Everyone keeps asking me about honey, but I bet they do. I'm not going to be taking much honey off any bees this year, as usual. I'm mm. just gonna. Make sure everybody's got enough. No, fair enough. I'm only joking. It's important that the bees no. are, are, are... I
1: can buy my honey, but, um, but yours is very, very special. So there is a slight element of disappointment because yours is so good.
0: Well, don't worry. I might be wrong. I might be wrong about the, the, the nectar, but I just think... Is, it, is, it this dry
1: period, is this dry period going to continue? I
0: mean, it's ever so hot, Jane. So hot, yes. But my sweet mm. peas are doing better. That I've got the best sweet peas this year, you know, because I planted them over Meg's grave. Yes, and um, and you know the old tale about you're supposed to plant sweet peas over a, a dead rat or in a graveyard, and meant they grow well there. All right. I've been watering them, and again, I've been listening to Arthur Parkinson talking about mm. sweet peas saying to take all the little tendrils off and mm. to keep water... You can't water them enough and you can't give them enough food. And they're beautiful. I, I just wonder, how do you manage to find time to do all this,
1: Essay? You have your jobs that you do. Mm. Um, then you have the allotment that you have to go and tend. You've got your own garden that you have to tend. How do you,
0: how do you find time to do everything? Well, I do stay up late and I never tidy my house. Or oh, do you stay up late? I stay up late pottering in the garden and going to the allotment and I'm out till dusk. Oh, are you? I hardly ever get my hoover out and I, I never really clean up much. I've sort of stopped cleaning up. I just have my life of leisure now, but really, I wouldn't have time in my life of leisure to be doing what you do. For me, I'm doing bits of jobs here and bits of jobs there. And so I I, I can give myself all these projects. But I think that's just the type of person I am. I do too many things. If I'd just focused on one thing, maybe I'd be really successful at that.
1: But you do each job very thoroughly. Like you say, your garden's beautiful, your allotment's beautiful, you've got loads of produce... Um, you know, it's, uh, and when you do an acting job as well, you do that thoroughly as well and good in your community garden, everything that you do, your beekeeping, I think that you do do to, you know, you the best of your ability with, you know, great dividends.
0: I think if I was dedicated to my garden, you know, I'd have a much better garden than what I've got. Well, how could you improve on it? Well, I could have more flowers that would be ready now. I could have, I maybe could try and encourage hedgehogs to my garden. I haven't done that. How do you do that? Well, you, I think you put dog food out, don't you? No. It's, <laughs> I, thought you said dog. I thought you said dog dirt. <laughs> you put. <a> dirt. <laughs> Put dog food in a little hedgehog box. I don't know, I've not looked into it, but, you know, there's lots of other things, there's lots of things I could be doing. There's never enough hours in the day at this time of year for me.
1: Well, when I was at your garden, for your lovely party that you had recently, your garden, I, it couldn't have been better in my eyes. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. And your green roof as well. And all down the side of the shed, all the greenery, any opportunity you have to plant more things. When I looked around, there was more planting. <laughs> so I think you've, you've, you've fulfilled everything. And you're a great cook as well. Oh, Jane. I've forgotten about that. How could I forget about that?
0: Oh, you're a great cook, and you're going to have a lovely dinner tonight <laughs> when we say goodbye. Well, anyway, I think that, that you couldn't be more marvellous. Oh Jane, I don't be daft. You're marvellous. Oh God, it's the marvellous loving. I don't
1: see any room for improvement with you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You've got it. You've got it all, babe.
1: Oh God.
0: <laughs> oh, flipping it. Well, Jane. You know, I don't know what to say. I feel like I'm being, in, you know, I've got an award. Yeah, well, I'm giving you an award now for being marvellous in every way. Oh well, I'm going to give you a award when I come to Brighton. it will be a nice <laughs> jar of honey. Yeah, well, that's my award. <laughs> Aww. I think I think Thanks. what you're saying all this to me, Jane, is because you want you don't just want a half pound jar of honey. You want a <laughs> massive jar of honey, don't you? Damn, you've sussed me.
1: <laughs> well, I hope that flattery will get me everywhere, especially into that pot. It will, it will. <laughs> well, it's been lovely to chat to you, darling. And you too, Essie. It's been so lovely. And um, I feel like we're up to date on everything, aren't we?
0: We are, yes. And um, we'll chat very soon, no doubt. I hope so. <laughs> and I'll call you- Queen Bees is written and created by Esther Coles and Jane Horrocks. It is produced by Claire Broughton, Andy Goddard and John Wakefield. Our title music is Sweet Nothing by Amy May Ellis and Will Cookson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Queen Bees Pod for pictures and videos from The Hive. Queen Bees is a hat-trick podcast.